back to another episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. Hey, how's it going? And we are, of course, sponsored by one of the supporters at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Chuck in the buck to get your name on all of our streams and videos. $5 a month gets you a piece of monthly exclusive content and, of course, our back catalog. And $15, $20 international gets you our monthly swag bag mailing, uh, which was done by Chris this month and I think next month. Luckily, with uh, how the early access for Strixhaven is going to go, I think we're going to get to all signed this time. So that'll be pretty exciting. Of course, if you want a sweet playmat with our logo or our, uh, you know, balance cards, don't buy snowboards motto, uh, there's a, an affiliate code link in the description below if you want to purchase one of those. Or just apply our affiliate code and buy yourself something else nice on their wonderful, wonderful website. Treat yourself. Gentlemen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You we think it. you deserve it. How are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty hey. good. Yeah. I, uh, as I was telling you guys before, some days you're the cushion, some days you're the pin. Today yeah. I was the cushion that got stabbed a bunch of times by some scissors. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm studying some Spanish real hard here. I'm learning, uh, what X means in Spanish twice. Did, Cause they gave it, did they give it to you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to have to learn some more here in a little while. So I may have to, uh, one wasn't enough. So I may have to go get a, uh, another label to study. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, we got, uh, we've been doing, starting something really cool, the uh, the Times Royal League Ricky organized for uh, us and some of his other friends just started, so if you want to hear more about that, that's going to be our monthly exclusive uh, for March that we'll be recording this weekend once, uh, you know, we get a chance to get some games in and do all that stuff, so that's uh, pretty exciting. This week, though, uh, we're going to be pretty relaxed, because uh, once again, uh, we ain't got no deck lists, so, uh, yep. but through some sleuthing, I was able to actually find... Uh, most of the top eight from this weekend's uh, two challenges. So we'll be able to go over that. Nothing else really changed, uh, obviously, in the meta because we don't know anything besides this top eight, really. Um, and then uh, what do we got? We got uh, Strixhaven. Strixhaven uh, teaser starting because, of course, the full big uh, reveal stream is going to happen on Thursday. So the day after this comes out. So next Monday when we record, uh, we'll have the first round of a lot of spoilers, right? We have the the uh the command cycle and we have the first two planeswalkers that were shown off today so we'll talk about those shortly and then of course we have morrow's uh you know his teaser article that he posts every week or not every week every every time the set set. comes out so Mm -hmm. so uh, we're gonna sit down and go through that and sort of goof and jive about what we could be getting in the set and i think uh chris has some grievances there once again when do I not have grievances to air? So, know? so of course we'll get to that after we do the challenges and end with our normal does it slap segment. So, gentlemen, uh, since we had some pretty okay weeks, uh, I think it's time to ask the question once again: did, How did Magic die this last week? Yeah, what killed Magic? All right, what killed Magic this week? So, I was gonna say, did you guys know there was a pro tour this weekend? Or, I'm sorry. The Kaldheim Championships were this weekend, but they did a tweet, so I think that counts as advertising the event, right? Yeah, literally never. I literally never have any idea when any professional magic is happening anymore. Uh, pretty much notice no nobody else does either, unless you're following a bunch of magic players on Twitter and you see them getting ready for it, you know? They're the only yep. ones that know. Yep, pretty much. Uh, however, I think what is killing magic, magic is currently being strangled by the lack of decklist being posted. Watsy. It's been about two weeks at this point, and about six days ago, you tweeted you became aware of the issue. So a week after the fact, 
they have been made aware, despite everyone yelling at them for about a week at this point, that there was an issue with Declas being posted, making my life so hard trying to do this podcast and really uh, trying to get any sort of competitive magic analysis going. So net decking has been officially killed. So all people complaining on the internet, you win this time, I guess. Yep. Yep. That's it's it. not. It's not a issue. It's a feature. It's a mm-hmm. feature. You're right. They've been informed. They did not, in fact, say anything about and we'll be doing something about it. It's like, yeah, we know. Right. We're aware. Yeah. We're, we're aware. They did say they are investigating, but there's no ETA. So uh, I expect. How long did it take for Murder to get banned? How long did it take for Murder to get banned? We'll get Deckless what in uh, 2023. Catchy. Hopefully, of decks that have that happened this week. <laughs> They just yeah, backlog gonna, them all. It's like they got Jessica Fletcher to do the investigating, but at this point she's like 105, you know? So it's going to it's gonna be a while, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, Wow, all right, you know. deep cut, deep mm-hmm, cut there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Chris, I think you said there's some light in the darkness. Do you want to Yeah, this is my one-off segment called uh, What Saved Magic This Week? And I don't know, can you just play the explosion sound in reverse for this one? Yeah. All right, explosion sound in reverse, go. Okay, what saved Magic this week is one Z Ruckman, who uh, threw his extra time uh, when he's not dealing with uh, Microsoft imploding or, uh, you know, angry IT issues, uh, spent his time sleuthing around the internet to find the deck list, as he just mentioned, um, most of the deck list to the top eight, which is something that, you know, uh, he took it upon himself to do, and also essentially becoming our community organizer, uh, making sure that everybody's having a good time in the Discord, organizing events all the time. So uh, as long as Z Ruckman is around to fight the uh, the Joker, the, our Batman, to the Joker of uh, Watsy and their issues right now, you know, there I have I have hope. Right, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Very welcome. Thank you for making the show continue and keeping our community uh, engaged. Alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I, I do what I can. I do what I can. All so day's work. I think it is time to go over this uh, these two top eights, of course, Saturday and Sunday, uh, which I do want to shout out before we get started to Andre Klepach, who uh, we'll mention twice in these events because they had a very solid uh, weekend this week in the challenges. They were able to fill in some holes for me on a few of the deck lists. So essentially... We don't have decklists for everyone. Uh, what this came down to is I found a few uh, found a few players from the challenges who tweeted the final top eight standings, and I was then able to go Twitter account to Twitter account and see if decklists if they posted their decklists. So some of these this isn't going to be perfect. Some of these are kind of inference uh, based on stuff they've been playing lately, um, what they played in the past type of deal. So I'll mention that when I get to those sections of questions. But this is a lot of I got about half of the deck list from the people who actually played them. And the other half are, like I said, sort of inference through matchups that they played in the top eight. And, uh, you know, just sort of going through and using my sweet, sweet Texas public education. There we go. We love that Texas education. (laughs) Shout out to all the teachers out there. All right. right. So on Saturday's challenge in at number eight, that's my only real question mark deck list. I, uh, have no clue what they played. Uh, that's Wordy333. So Wordy333, if you're out there, let us know what you played. Uh, in at number seven, we have Indian Pancake, who played five-color Niv to Light. In at number six, 
we have oh Daniel Akos, who I am going to assume played Luris Burn because Andre told me that they played it on the twenty first. So I'm going to guess that was a was a deck run back. And I also know that from that bottom four of the top eight, there was at least one Luris Burn deck list. Um, then at number five we have Cabeza de Bolo on Orzov Auras. At number four, we have Quiniac on Luris Burn. At number three, we have Ariane on Five Color Niv, and that's based on inference uh, from our second place player having played Niv to Light in the top eight. And of course, um, Andre, who is Snoo Snoo M. Rick, split in the finals with Traft. Uh, Snoo Snoo M. Rick played Jun Citadel in both of these challenges, and Traft, of course, jammed Blue White Spirits. So that's the top eight there. So we got question mark, question mark, five color Niv, Luris Burn, Orzov Auras, Luris Burn, five color Niv, Spirits, and Jund Citadel. For our challenge on Sunday, um, we have Tutenji on, this is another deck list I wasn't too sure on. Uh, they hadn't really posted deck list in a while, but I've noticed that in their play history, they've been playing a lot of transmog. So I'm going to question mark transmog there. Uh, number seven, Hamuda confirmed on Mono Green Stompy. Number six was Esper Control. Sort of an interesting deck list. Uh, they they did post their deck list, uh, so that's kind of interesting since we just had the whole episode last week on where's Control in Pioneer. Uh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this fifth place name. Wurzo Busex, I think. Um, this is another real hard question mark. Uh, I just put them down as Arcanist question mark because they actually played arc they played arcanist in the last reported event that which is a prime but a primary on the night so we have obviously when we say reported events all of like the third party events like our events and stuff like that are still going through but obviously we don't have the mtgo results so they could be on whatever i'm just going to question mark assume arcanist since they played that deck list on the ninth uh, and at number four, we have Andre Snoo Snoo M. Rick on Jun Citadel. Number three, we have Ozymandias 17 on Orzov Auras. With kind of an interesting take, they were playing two main board uh, Laguna Band Trailblazers, so which is the the one mana zero four with he- Heroic, right? So oh, cool. We, uh, we ain't losing to burn today. Mm-hmm. Second place, we have Fast Fake on Transmog. And first, we have Raul Ramos on ors of auras so hey i found some challenge top eights for us there we go, there uh, we go. anything anything kind of shocking you there anything kind of being underrepresented having a mono green stompy there's kind of interesting a real lack of five color niv but i feel like we see that a lot sometimes where the niv decks will all be in one challenge and they don't play the other one for whatever reason yeah and part of me is wondering if um how much this is due to people just like switching decks or not playing. Cause like, I don't know, you know, maybe the th- things are not being reported. So they're just like, Oh, I don't know what's going on. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, who, who knows what it could be, but the overall results here, I think are, are pretty interesting as far as seeing fewer decks with the Valky combo. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know if the Jund decks were sneaking Valky in, in any way or no? Uh, no, that was just the classic, just Jund Citadel, classic version. Citadel with like Coco's yeah. and sack type stuff. Yep. 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 Makes sense. Andres kind of funnily said they did really good this weekend with it and they're afraid to play it. They sort of mentioned like it's probably going to be bad next week because people be prepared for it. So I, I do agree. I think it's going to be a deck that uh, if people are prepared for that matchup, 
yeah. it's going to be kind of hard to win with it. But I'd be surprised if it had a bad matchup against a unprepared five color Niv, because the the whole point of what I want to get into a little bit later is I think that if we had combo decks, we wouldn't have as much as of this kind of ridiculous transmogrify or um, Niv to light style decks that are just like, oh well, I'm just going to go as big and greedy as I possibly can with card advantage. Sure. I don't think they'd have time to do that if there was some kind of combo. And it looks like Jun Sack being a pseudo combo deck. Yeah. Um, or, you know, Jun Citadel, whatever you want to call it, I think has curved that a little bit. But like they said, that deck is so reliant on, you know, cocoa effects and effects coming out of the graveyard. I'm assuming we're putting cats in ovens. So if mm-hmm. we're doing that, then, you know, we're going to get shut down by a Graph Digger's Cage or similar type effects. So. And I mean, all it's, or, you know, all it's going to take is Niv to Light putting their Yasharn back in the main board from the side. Yep. Mm hmm. What, there's one other thing I wanted to mention about these challenges. Uh, I am totally blanking. So I guess with that, did we want to go ahead and move on to Chris, your sort of point you mentioned there about uh, lack of combo in Pioneer now? Yeah, I, I really, and again, you know, we'll see how this is shaking down because this this update of challenges that you so brilliantly found for us does kind of indicate that, you know, there are definitely decks that can handle anything. So we're nowhere near as bad as we were before. And and then that's not what I'm, what I'm going to say at all, but I do kind of wish, especially since it was kind of bringing white back a little bit that they had kind of left alone, um, either the walking ballista combo or, or at least something else just to kind of punish these ultra greedy decks because, um, they were decks that, you know, didn't combo at all the time, but just having that extra win percentage, I think versus these just ultra greedy late game decks, that are just, you know, here's my couple sweepers and the rest of it I'm just going to hope to, you know, outgrade you with some ridiculous fires or transmog or whatever type effect. I, I think would go a long way to really balancing out this metagame. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't remember yeah. how they did against some of like the Oris Havoris type stuff, but uh, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I, I think I would agree. I mean, I'm not saying bring back Inverter, bring back um, Underworld Breach with like the oppressive combos, but I think there right. is some amount of combo that would be great to balance out just these like big grindy greed fests. Right. Yep. Yep. And again, if, if these, uh, Auras decks are going to be the new, the new hotness again, I was surprised when we were seeing the Arcanist decks take over for a while. Cause I'm like, man, any amount of preparation for that deck, as far as graveyard hate really, mm-hmm. really just stops you. Tracks, I mean, which... you, you see, you see auras now just main boarding, like at least two apostle purifying lights. Yep. Which again, makes sense to me, right? It's, it's the metagame. And, and I think we'll see that come back as people let their guard drop on graveyard decks, which is going to be tough because there's so many options in Pioneer for graveyard-based decks. And mm. as Ricky always points out, it's got some of the best graveyard hate in any format, right? Like the it's same graveyard, graveyard hate you play in Legacy is some of the same graveyard hate you can play in Pioneer. So it's so tough to get away with. But I think when you can, you'll see Arcanus come back because obviously that deck has the reach that I don't think Orisov Auras does. But Orisov Auras can also combat burn well with some of the lifelinking creatures and some of the other things they have going on. So... You know, that deck's kind of gone by the wayside, but I could see it coming back as far as uh, Arcanist. But, you know, I'm not sure. Um, Ed may even be one of the better tell us to, to speaking as to how uh, he thinks Walking Ballista, that combo with um, Heliod would affect the format. You know, because I'm not sure that it would put out the aggro decks um, quite as much. It probably would be somewhat competitive because you had some life gain, you had some solid creatures. But I do think it would stop some of the the late game greed Valky type shenanigans in there, you know? Right. Putting an end, putting an end to the game instead of just like letting the game go on and on and on until somebody just has so much value that it's over. 
Right. Somebody mm. took the uh, the train all the way to Value Town. You know, didn't make any stops. Exactly. I, I like the idea of like a more like putting some sort of combo back, and there are some bad combos you could play in the format. Uh, but like maybe just like a sort of more viable combo deck. I mean, there's Lotus Field, which is pretty good still. Um, and I feel like that has a pretty good matchup against things like Niv to Light because they don't really interact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they move a little slow and you just eventually just, just win your game, you know? That's my only fear is just like how incredibly slow that Lotus Field is, which is fine. Like it definitely can do some powerful things, but that deck just fizzles so often. And we just, you know, we see it holding on to some life sometimes or some of the dedicated people, but and it could be a good thing, right? Like if, if that's one of those decks that it feels like if it's good, right. it's too good, you know? But right. tough to say, and we really have not seen that deck have a ton of life recently. So I don't think it can keep up with some of that. It just it, it also wins. It I don't think it wins any faster than some of the Transmogrify decks, you know? <laughs> right, sure. right. And Transmogrify, though, like the Transmogrify is not a combo. Like they Transmogrify into their Void Winor. Yep. Like there's still a game to be played. They're still there. playing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Or into their Agent of Treachery. Normally Agent of Treachery is way better than Void Winor because uh, they just try, try to start stealing stuff. The way Tybalt works with the emblem is really, really interesting. Just, like, how good that is. Yeah. Yeah, because you can keep casting forever. You can keep casting all the cards. It doesn't matter if Tybalt dies. And uh, also, if they steal your Tybalt, it's like, sure. Sure. You can't cast any of the cards. Gentlemen, I uh, I, I do have a confession to make. Okay. Yeah. Are you uh, are you uh, the lead singer of the Foo Fighters? No, I wish. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, you know, I, I, I would hope that my kids respect me more than Dave Grohl's kids respect him. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so I was buying, uh, I was getting ready for the, the webcam event, not this coming Saturday, but the the next Saturday, the uh, on the 3rd. Right. And uh, I I am sad to say that I almost, I almost went to the dark side. I, I In my shopping cart, I did have uh, four copies of Bring to Light and three <gasps> Niv Mizzet Reborn. Can you add some more gasps so I'm not the only one gasp? Is that an option or is that too much work? That's oh, this is work. not a surprise to me. <laughs> it's not a it surprise was a, It was a fake gasp, Ricky. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, assumed you, that you, would, you would be more of a release to the wind kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I feel like, y- you know, you hate something so much. You know, like, Hey Arnold? Sure. How, like, the girl from Hey Arnold just hates Arnold Are you Arnold trying to say I'm Helga? Yes, yeah. yeah. Is Helga, right? Oh god! Well, I do have that gum statue of Niv Mizzet in my closet. I, right. He is your from, guild leader. From now on, are you just going to start calling uh, Niv Mizzet football head? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it was only a matter of time before the reveal came out, and Ruckman professed his love for Niv to light. So the only thing that saved me from buying this deck, I'm going to be honest, because I, to me, I thought the only reason I actually had it in my cart was when we were getting ready for the last webcam event. Uh, I was joking what I was going to play, and everyone immediately called me out as going to play elves. And right. then they had the idea of, what if Ruckman's going to hard sort and play Niv to Light? And I was like, there's never going to be a day in hell when that happens. <laughs> right, right. And I was like, I'm going to break ankles this time for sure. Maybe there and, is a day. But yeah, what if we man. did? But then I put all the cards in my cart and I'm just like, man, even with the stimmy, I can't, I can't. Break I can't ankles. Bring, I can't bring myself to buy in. So maybe another day we'll buy into Niv to Light, uh, but I'll have to wait until all the triumphs get back to being cheap again. Also, that tech has a bunch of random cards in it. They're just like. $20 a piece. I'm like, I don't want to buy an Asika. Yep. Right. What am I going to do with a single Asika? And for like the seven of you that like listen really, really hard to what we say every week and like really memorize and stick us to like what things we say, um, I would like to point out that I'm not going on this rant. 
only because I did buy into Walking Ballistas and Heliods, which I only needed one Walking <laughs> Ballista and a couple Heliods right before the pandemic. That's nothing to do with this, I promise. This is an independent, this is not a campaign to get things to change. I'd be fine if they reprinted a, uh, a new kind of, you know, somewhat interactable combo. But, you know, if they wanted to unban uh, Heliod or Walking Ballista, or sorry, Walking Ballista, I should say, you know, I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain. I think I think we we are pretty clear that uh, when the first big combo ban happened, we thought that walking ballista could be kind of left temporarily right. to see what happens. Right. Yeah, I agree. We well, we weren't going to complain too much because you know we were happy with what we wanted. But now that it's several months later, I just feel like I have that room that I can complain a little more and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. you've axed our combo. Now we've got these greed fest eggs going on, which which are interesting, right? They're just like they just go on so long, like you said. You know what I'm saying? Like again, I think the idea of a five color dragon not that entertaining. Cards is cool, but it's just it's just not entertaining. I mean, it is the epitome of magic is a game where you win by having the most fun and mm-hmm. Niv Tolite aims to have all the fun. Right. You have the fun for your opponent even, you know? Yeah, exactly. You take some of their fun. You drink their fun milkshake. <laughs> That's right. And it gives you it gives you their spirit and youth. <laughs> yeah. You take it, take years <laughs> off your opponent's life, add it to yours. Oh, I remember what I was going to say when I was looking up the challenges. Tell me. Um, I figured out, and I, I kind of knew pretty early on, honestly, I was kind of recognizing this, uh, but I know who our pioneer overlords are. Okay. And I just want to say shout out to South America, to South America, and especially Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of the, like, the top real, uh, I feel like MTGO, especially Pioneer Grinders, are in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So uh, those, are our, those are our Pioneers Overlords. We are now owned by South America, and especially Brazil. That's perfect. You know, the League of Legends players, right? Like, all the best players are, are Korean, and now some of them are in China. And it's so, like uh-huh. the American teams will go to korea to do a boot camp so what we're saying is we need our listeners to go buy enough play mats right that we can take trips to south america to learn how to play pioneer like the mm-hmm. uh, south american masterminds is that what you're saying yeah but just don't look at the fact that we're gonna go during carnival mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we might have to see a doctor when we get back man i've seen some pictures of carnival and let me tell you what that sounds like a time you know spring yeah. break is amateur hour compared to uh, some of the festivals down there yeah, Mardi Gras in New Orleans, forget it. Not even close. Uh, all right, so are we ready to talk Strixhaven now? I'm so ready to talk Strixhaven. I've got all my right. wizard hat on. Do we do we want to start with the two spoilers? Do we want to let's start with the two spoilers, then we can go through Mars list, right? Because we got yes. we got the two firm cards. So we'll start with the first one. Uh, so like I said, we had two planeswalkers spoiled. Uh, we have our first look at Kazmina, who of course uh, uh debuted in War of the Spark as one of the uncommon planeswalkers that we've really seen before. And the other planeswalkers, Angelina Jolie. So we'll start with Kazmina. Ricky, do you want to break down Kazmina for us? It's the best card in the set. I haven't seen a card better than this card. Uh, if you look at the very top left corner, you see a blue, a green, and a one. And you see the mythic symbol right there. Mm-hmm. It's and busted. It's a planeswalker. Busted, banned in two months, maybe, in standard, and then in three months in Pioneer. It doesn't. You don't have to read it. Just know it's busted. Just put it on the field. Your opponent will concede. Go, that's a blue-green mythic. So Oko 5.0 right here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but in real talk, this might do something crazy that I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's definitely a card to wrap my head around. So what does she do exactly, though? Uh, so she starts at 2 loyalty, and she has a passive ability that says, Each other Planeswalker we control has the loyalty abilities of Kazmina. So inverse Nicole Bolas, then. Right. So she gives all of her abilities to all your other Planeswalkers. Planeswalker EDH players rejoice. 
Yeah. But uh, so she can plus two to scry one, uh, minus X to make a zero zero blue and green fractal creature token, and put X plus and plus encounters on it. And then the final ability is minus eight. Search your library for an instant or sorcery card that shares a color with this planeswalker. Excel that card, then shuffle your library. You may play that card without paying its mana cost. So obviously the big thing with Kizmina is she's not like a standalone planeswalker, right? She's going to tie, she, to me, is a combo piece. Um, some of the things that immediately jump out to me, especially were, were the uncommon planeswalkers from War of the Spark that we now get to give plus abilities to. So we can minus two our Narset, then plus two Narset, minus two Narset, plus two Narset. Mm-hmm. Which would be nice. That's yeah, which sure. would be nice. Um, I know there's a big combo thought between Kazmina and the uncommon Kiora because she starts at seven loyalty. So one plus means you can alt next turn. Mm. Dope. Dope. Uh, also, Teferi Master of Time was talked about because in two turn cycles, you can plus four. So it only take two turn cycles to be an ultimate to get take two extra turns. Oh, wow. So that's yeah. your turn, their turn, or does it need to be? It's comes it's, it's two it's two turn cycle. So it's your turn plus two, their turn plus two, your turn plus two, which would get you plus six. So you have to plus two again because it's minus ten. And he starts at three loyalty, I believe. So then on two turns after you play it, you get to minus ten. Keep him around at one loyalty. Take two extra turns. Or I mean, you can just cash him in for eight at any point. True. True. Very true. So. I think this card's super interesting. I, it's again, it's not going to do much on its own, right? No, nope. it's going to come down. You're okay. You're you're going to get. Uh, I saw a lot of comparisons between um, the the last the blue green Nissa with the X, and I think honestly that Nissa is probably better <laughs> than this. Um, but if something cool combos with her, I'm going to be excited for it, and I'm going to be here for it. That's interesting. I mean, hey, my uh, my uncommon Kiora just makes a seven seven, right, or whatever she starts at. Yeah, I mean that's a three mana seven. Isn't 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 uncommon Kiora three or something like that? It's yeah. three, yeah. yeah, it's three. So there's my three mana seven seven, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, not the worst. And then our next reveal is uh, Professor Onyx. So we get a Boulder badge in this set uh, <laughs> for black black. For legendary planeswalker Liliana. Wait, didn't I just say? Uh, Wait, what? Her name Professor was Onyx. Professor Onyx. Yeah. So we found Liliana after War of the Spark. Turns out she's been hiding at the Strixhaven school on plain name. I forget because Strixhaven isn't the plane, it's the name of the school. What I do like is the fact that you can see her little tr in the background as mm-hmm. well behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does Liliana do in this set? Well, she also has a static ability with a new ability word this time called Magecraft. Uh, Magecraft is whenever you cast an instant, or you ever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Tendrils, tendrils, yeah, exactly right. She starts at five starting loyalty for six mana, so that's pretty good rate. Plus one, you lose one life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Okay, we get a little deck filtering, and we get to fill our graveyard for a plus one. Okay, minus three. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures that players control. Okay, so not just the blanket sack of creatures. You're going to get the biggest thing they have, which might not be the best thing they have, you know, if they have, like, a 4-4 Dream Trawler, right? But you're going to get the biggest thing they have, which I think is always a good kind of effect to have with an Edict effect, in my opinion. I agree, and, and it leaves her at two. Like, this yeah. is honestly, like, I, I... We'll get into it later, but I'll just point out that I really like that when you use that second ability, she doesn't go, like, you know, down to seven loyalty or something stupid like that, sure. right? She's, like, not Oko of the 
of the uh, you know Strixhaven or whatever. It's very mm-hmm. reasonable. Sack your biggest guy, but now she's only at two. Sure. And then, of course, her ultimate is each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. Repeat this process six more times. Mm-hmm. Underwhelming. Underwhelming? Underwhelming on the last ability. I think the only decks that want to play this are going to be uh, Lotus decks, because it's another win con. Mm-hmm. You can wish from it from your sideboard, you drop it, and then you keep comboing off with all your spells. Sure. And uh, you drain them for two every spell. Okay. Chris, do you have a rebuttal on a deck list we're going to play this in? <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think of how many years that uh, that it's oh going to take. Oh my god. How many for... six mana cards can you try to play in a bad combo? <laughs> a minimum of two, Ricky. <laughs> 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 a minimum of two different kinds. Um, you know, will I actually play uh, Grixis Thousand Year Storm, Professor Onyx? I mean, it's going to happen at some point. Do I think it's going to be good? No. But do I like this card? Absolutely. Are there any more Hold questions on. I can answer? For sure. Hold on. Are Are you going to play it, or are you going to watch as I play it and hate myself the entire time? No, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it, because you can play that in Historic, so I won't make you do it. Okay. All yeah, right. I, I can play this deck in Historic, thankfully, so I will not make you waste Mythics on this. I have plenty of extra Mythics, and they're you all going just... to this card just use our mtgo account and play it in pioneer i will i might do that also but uh it's more of just going to be a funsies thing but i I go the other way i I think this card is actually very good um a lot of people don't like it i think as a control card that's going to start you know if it just said your opponent lost two life i'd be like okay but the fact that this gains two life i mean you know any spell and we start taking our opponent down and getting back in the game a little better you know And, and the fact that it protects itself you know, if it didn't have that minus three, which I think is reasonably costed, I'd be in with it, right? Like, hey, this is just a combo thing. But the fact that this Planeswalker protects itself, which is what we all ask ourselves when a Planeswalker comes out, at least typically. Hey, how does this protect itself if it's not a two-mana Planeswalker? And this doesn't, right? It gets their biggest thing, and it leaves it at a point where it can be killed. But hey, if you've been doing a good job of being a control deck, it comes into play, takes care of, you know, hopefully the one creature they've got left or the one creature they've played since you wrathed. And now on our next turn, right? It's going to get us a card, which we lose a life for, but then it's going to gain us two life. So that plus one doesn't really do a whole lot. It just gets us a, a card, you know, a, a slightly worse impulse, right? Or I don't know what, what looks from the top three. I'm not sure if there's a blue spell that does that, but you get the idea. And it's a way to start taking our opponents down and we can be very, very threat light. So um, I really like it. And again, I think especially in like some kind of seasons pasty green, black grindy deck, this could be very, very real. You know, you can one for one as much as you want. Um, plus, you've got extinction event type effects, and then end with this and start using it to crank out more card advantage, and you go from there. Legacy and vintage players, pick up your chain of smogs now. Right. Mm-hmm. Chain of smog. My favorite yeah. comment on this on uh, Mythic Spoiler is called "They called it Liliana of the Yale." <laughs> 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 Slap your knees on that one. Uh, okay, Ricky, since you're questioning, what Shade of Smog is, it's a one and a black sorcery. Target player discards two cards. That player may copy the spell and choose a new target for that copy. They just may? Yeah. I don't have to pay a cost? No. Can I just copy it infinitely? By targeting yourself, yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how does this not end the game? Like, every time it gets it gets cast. Because eventually you're going to start going back and forth, making each other discard cards, and you're eventually both out of cards. So why would you choose to keep going? I would choose to keep going. <laughs> of yeah. course you would. Well, like, that could already win the game with Ral's Eric. I don't think that... It can't work that way, can it? It does. 
But like the new the the, the war of the spark calls Eric says whenever you copy a spell, you deal a damage. Yeah. But this is two damage, Ricky. This is double the damage, Ricky. I know, I know. It's double the damage. <laughs> yes, chain of smog can be chained indefinitely between opponents or one player can chain it on themselves. Yeah. Huh. Combo Deku. There we go. Yeah, I, I think this is uh, this is interesting. Like I said, the, <clears throat> the fact that, you know, I'm not sure that you're really going to do much with the copy effect, but, you know, you could, you could. I, I think this just has value as a as a Planeswalker that I'm just going to play as a way to win the game. I mean, like, yeah. if you're talking about Planeswalkers I want to play, I, I can't think of necessarily, like, all the good ones, right? What do they do? They get you more card advantage, right? They're like, hey, a comeback mechanic where it's like, I've used my resources to destroy your creatures, and, you know, typically Planeswalkers don't wipe the board. They just give you some way to protect themselves and they give you a card advantage. And this does both of those things, but it also is going to start gaining you life and yeah. killing your opponent. I, again, I think this is one of the best value Planeswalkers that's out there. Now, I'm not sure that six is is the best rate, right? There may be some issues there, but I think it's doable. And like I said, I, I'm not promising this is going to be a, a sellout smash hit, but I'm very optimistic on this card. That's for sure. I, I'll agree. I mean, it's the fact that it's passively winning you the game, right? Like, if you think about, um, like, Chandra emblems, sort of, you have to get to that emblem and they'll do some amount of damage with that emblem ability, right? This is just passively doing that while giving you more advantage. So, is it going to take over the Pioneer world? Probably not. Most likely not. But could I see a world where we're playing, like, a grindy control deck list, playing, like, one of these? Sure. I don't see why not. Well, like, I could definitely see this as a two to three of. I really could. You know what I'm saying? I mean, especially if you pair it with green, I think it's going to get out there faster, most likely, right? Like a lot of green just kind of ramps you incidentally, or, you know, you can find ways to, uh, you know, like so if you want to play Sultai, which was a very, very strong deck while uh, Wilderness Reclamation was out, right? If you just want to go that way again, uh, you know, there were Sultai control decks that weren't playing uh, Reclamation pre-COVID, you know, or pre-the pandemic, whatever you want to say. So, uh, that just had good value. You know, those decks did have Uro, <laughs> right? Which is a pretty big loss. But still, you know, there's there was value to those colors other than just Uro. And I think you could see a resurgence if you wanted to ramp this out faster. And even if you don't, even if you just want to play a solid control deck, I think this is a good finisher. It looks like we're already starting to see control come back a little bit. So we'll see if it sticks. But hey, I don't know. I'm optimistic. Yep. So I am, uh, I'm excited for Thursday. Like I said, Thursday is going to be the big preview stream for Kaldheim. Like we've gotten the past few sets. Uh, of course, featuring Jimmy Wong. We'll get to see some of the R&D stuff go on. We'll get to see a bunch more spoilers. And spoiler season will begin because, hey, TSR is out. Time to start pushing the next product, right? Exactly right. So we will have more spoiler talk for you all next week. And uh, I'm always excited for spoiler season. Well, it's one of my favorite we got, seasons. We got more spoilers to talk to talk about. Yeah, because, uh, of course, we have Morrow's little uh, teaser checklist, right? So this is where I do most of my divining. I was going to say, this is where... I do want to point out, reading Liliana, I think Liliana Liliana ended up being two of these. So I, I think yep. Mar- Maro, I'm don't, sorry. don't double I, dip. Don't double dip. I don't see a, I don't see a Liliana. Sorry, Professor Onyx? Right, right, right. Professor Onyx is a pretty cool person. Good thing she's here, or we could be in trouble of that fugitive Liliana. But I'm sure she thinks Liliana's really... This reminds me of that D&D character I played, where I was my yeah. own apprentice. I was my own apprentice. <laughs> I was just talking about how cool my, my warlock was. Oh my god. That was a good time. I saw but, some uh, Facebook comments calling her the uh, the defense against the dark art teachers. It looks like she's got something to hide again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, which is funny because we know the Kenriths are going to be here. So will Garrick be like, hey kids, you forgot your lunch? Liliana, I would love to see minute. this. 
I would love to see Garrick just ride into like on a haggard motorcycle, ride into school and drop like a roast hog on the table and be like, "Kids, you forgot your lunch." <laughs> Teehee. Alrighty, so uh, we're here with the blog talk. Of course, Mara does their his uh, his spoiler season uh, bit of teasers, and Ricky, of course, this is his best work. So I'm gonna go sort of. We're gonna go one by one here, and uh, we're just gonna talk about them, right? So the first yeah. one, I especially. I want to. We want to pick Ricky's brain with this. Sure. So, Ricky, first up, a white card with rules text. Draw three cards. When you win the game, draw three cards. <laughs> no, I was gonna say that the, if the what they're not telling you is this is actually two colors, and the second color is green. Yeah. Um, I was gonna I say mean, exile a permanent target opponent that's controller draws three cards. I, I yeah. honestly can see something like uh, something sort of like a your opponent exiles a card you control and then you get to draw three cards. Oh, okay. Like a trade-off. Um, or it's going to be some like, dude, you really want to die. But sure. uh, I don't think it's going to be as simple as like some five mana draw three spell in, in white. No, as as I don't think so. It. I don't think so either. All right. A planeswalker you know, not as you know them. So that's Professor Onyx. It looks like it's going to be a swerve. Yep. Uh, all right. So I want to know... Ricky, how well do you know PVDDR? Because the next spoiler is a card featuring PVDDR's likeness for winning the World Championship. So I don't think he gets to design the card anymore. He just gets to be on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought So I thought they were like, here's like a selection of cards. Which one do you want to be on? They might do that because I don't think, I don't think, um, who was it? Uh, was it Javier? Yes. On right. Fervent Champion? Mm-hmm. I don't think he designed Fervent Champion. Right. Okay. So, what was the last one, uh, Tiago? Or I think Tiago Saparito, Yeah, was the was the Snapcaster was the last Snapcaster. Uh, last yeah. designed card, right? But yeah, now they yeah. put your face on a Magic card that's already going to be designed. Uh, so I mean, I assume he's going to be a uh, wizard uh-huh. of some sort. Um, it, I would say it would be really cute if they like put him with Kai Bud on the that wizard, the okay. Void Mage Prodigy. But that card has morph, so I don't think we're going to see it here. Uh-huh. Uh, but like I, I don't know it's going to be on some like wizard creature the creature is going to be uh, decently standard playable and reprinted in event decks with some other random art on it no with with the same art just because no. fervent champion got reprinted like out of bizarre like amount oh of sure times. i was i was talking about how pakula got uh oh yeah pakula got, 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 got by metal mage mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> poor pakula all right, a spell with three X's in its mana cost. I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard a guess here. Yeah, we're just putting it back in the cornucopia. Yeah, putting it back in the cornucopia, huh? This is about this is definitely about instants and sorceries, and I think we're just gonna see, uh, like I think we're gonna see a card that's red and blue, and uh-huh. it's gonna be deal X damage to target creature, Y damage to target player. Oh, is it X three times? Mm-hmm. It's X three times. So what's Vin Diesel mm-hmm. doing in this magic set, Ricky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking it meant like three variables. It was going to be like you can draw Z cards, deal X sure. damage, and like tap three y X's in its mana cost. Huh? Just reprint Gelatinous Genesis. Or I, I, think that is, I think you're not too wrong. I think you could say do X damage, draw X cards, and I don't know have a opponent like lose X life or like X damage to a player, X damage to a creature, draw X cards. I could definitely see that. Uh, here's a, here's an interesting spell. one. I think but I the X's all have to be the same though. 
Yeah, I know. It's let's say you pay two, four, six, seven. Let's pay it's like whatever, right? Like then it'd be the two damage split, right? If you get if you get Uh three, you get three to them, three to a creature, three cards. If if you pay ten, right, something like that. Okay. Um, One thing I could see, I could actually, I could imagine. I don't know if this exists already. I could imagine an artifact that reduces spells costs by X. So if you pay six into it, you reduce spells cost by two, right? Three is one. Um, but that's just based on some cards I've kind of seen around. Right. I could also see a, uh, a blue green XXX incident. Um, and it would be like Genesis seed or something like that. And it'd be like, uh, draw, draw X cards, gain three X life. And you may put X number of lands into play. Hmm, sure. I could see that. All right. Next one. We have introduction of a new evergreen keyword. Could be Magecraft. Could be something we haven't seen yet. Yeah. I, I highly suspect it's Magecraft because I was wondering what that was until somebody in the Discord was the one who was like, oh, that's just the word for casting spells or copying them now. And I was like, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, that triggers that, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying Liliana could be, sorry, Professor Honest right. could be three of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a red sorcery that you can have as many copies in your deck as you want. That's a two mana shock. Two mana shock. Wow. Huh? Okay. I was going to say it's flame jab. You were going to say it's a one mana, one damage spell. Mm-hmm. I think it's a two mana shock. Okay. It's going to, it's going to be like, uh, like introduction to pyrokinesis or something like that. And it's going to be like, yeah. uh, you could play as many as you want. I, I think we, that's a good call. I think I think I think two mana shock makes a lot of sense. Are we obligated for the first early access deck we play just being that spell and lands if it's like reasonably costed? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, a future shifted card appearing for the first time in a premier set other than future sight. So do we have do we have any more like Nessian courses available to print? So uh, so are you ready? Chris had a good one, but I want to hear what yours is. Okay, Chris has a good one. So there's two that I'm looking at really, really big here. So I, you, Chris can tell you. Me one, of them, him, one of them's the card I'm thinking of. If, if my name has come up. Me and him have always, me, him, and Nate have always torn through all the Future Sight cards growing up. And always tried to predict Future Sight cards getting printed. And I'm looking at the Dulcan Aether Mage and Spellweaver's Volute. Oh, oh, you nailed it. That's it. I, I didn't think of Spellweaver's Volute and it's Spellweaver's Volute. 100%. I agree with Spellweaver's volume. Yep. yep. It's yep. it's enchant an instant in your yep. graveyard. That's it. And when you play sorceries, you get the instant and you move it. It's yep. so weird and funky and casting spells. Uh and then Vidalkan Aether Mage is interesting. It has wizard cycling, and I think that would be something that they might put in the set, but it also references slivers, so they probably won't, but I want it to be there. My thing with volute though, would that be just too weird for Arena? No. Are you kidding me? You have all the weird stuff on Arena? That's fair. I forget historic anthologies are weird. I, I do think that the other thing makes more sense, but I'm not sure that we would... See. It depends on if we see a card with wizard cycling, right? Like, Right. Chris Chris had another guest that I liked, which I think gives credence to we're trying to do other things with white. Yeah. Um, Seth's Tiger was an interesting guess. Seth's Tiger, huh? That is a Chris staple. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, um... I don't know about Set's Tiger, but I, I like it. I don't know who Set is anymore. 
Yeah, so, I, if we ever and, knew. And the reason I did that was because I, I think Spell Revolt is more on theme, and I forget that this is kind of done recently. So, like, as much as they're going to try and do some white at the time, I don't know how much they were pushing it, but in my little brain, I was thinking, like, well, like, that would be, like, an interesting white card for this set. Because, like, not all of these cards can be blue, right? Like, right. black has to get cards, green has to get cards. So, like, they're, I think they're likely to do with instant sorceries in some ways, given just the mage stuff of it. But Sets Tiger, I think, could be an interesting one, especially if they make set some kind of wizard or something like that. And I like the idea. So uh, that's my sleeper pick. I'm going to I'm gonna scream Kobe if I get that one right. But I think Spellweaver Volute is a much better call, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I was also I looking at Flesh Rider, which is the 4-drop the 3-3 three, three that has Transfigure. Transfigure being Sacrifice this creature, search your library for a creature card with the same converted mana cost, and put this card into play. That card could have been printed eight years ago. I don't think it can be printed today. <laughs> I think that le- I think that's going to lead to some combos. So I like I thought that one was fine too. As for the the blank one that we could reprint, uh, the giant, the nomad giant could be reprinted, but it's got Fumori in its name, and I think that's a place in Dominaria. So okay, all right. Moving on to the next one, an MDFC with the same card type on both sides that has been printed before. So this could be anything. Instant or sorcery. Instant, instant sorcery, sorcery, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we've had creature, creature. And we can't have land, land. We've had land, land. We've had land, land, yeah. So that could just be anything. That's not really helpful. Yeah. A card sharing something never shared before. Um, life Meryl's life secrets shared. or what? So a card sharing something never shared before. Uh-huh. North and South Dakota sharing a non-disputed border. <laughs> right. I think it's going to be a shared hands card. Like I think it's going to be a card where you get to take something from your opponent's hand and they get to take something from your hand. Oh, okay. Wait, was um was Garfield involved in this or no? Uh, not that we know of. Okay, Garfield loves that mechanic, Ricky. I don't know if you saw like one year. Um, and again, this just goes back into the three thousand years we've been playing this game. Uh, are you talking about the the uh, his family card where gunk cards? Oh, the gunk slug. Yeah, gunk gunks were cards that you would give to your opponent that did nothing, and you would get to exchange them for cards in your opponent's hand. And so, like so he they, liked, he liked that design space, and it was a kind, thing where. Go ahead. I uh, say so they kind of brought that back with Mystery Booster with Gunk Slug, which lets you shuffle like five or something like that Gunks into your opponent's deck. Which yep. they didn't have, they didn't have the swap out mechanic. It was just a dead card they would draw. Yeah, this was I forget where it was, but you would play a deck against, uh, you would play your deck, whatever that deck was, against um, Garfield, and he would be inventing new cards. And the joke was like, well, he invented the game, so every card he makes is real, right? So he would have his own deck with cards he invented himself, right? He had just designed cards and play them. They would be like ridiculous, but that was one of them, was gunk cards. He would swap hands, and he liked the idea of kind of like hands potentially being shared or messing with that somehow. So that's an interesting idea. There's also, of course, the card, because he has the whole, like, sort of, this is one of where he made the cards, the cards just good, like, he just, whatever he makes is, is in the game, right? He has that small subset of cards that he made for, like, things in his life, and mm-hmm. one of them was, like, shuffle all the cards in the game together and, like, make three decks for, oh. uh, like, the birth of his first child. Mm-hmm. I just think that a very blue-red thing that would be an interesting, like, place to go with the thing, with, with especially with the mage stuff, right, mm-hmm. is, like, study group, right? Yeah. We just call it study group. And it's like, show your hand to an opponent, that opponent takes a card from your hand, and then you take a card from theirs. There's a Yu-Gi-Oh card that does this called Exchange, where you mm-hmm. literally look at each other's hands and you you get to keep the card you take from the, each other. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool idea. 
I mean, you could do it because you could with, now with the cast without paying mana cost, you would just exchange, yeah. right? And then you would yeah. just exile it and then cast it without paying its mana cost, or you could spend yep. any color to cast that card, right? It'd be a it'd be another declaration of independence text box, but hey, yeah, at this point we've been there. All right, let's pick it up for these next last these last several here, so we can uh, we're kind of getting get ready to go long here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here, ba, 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 ba. a cycle of enemy dual lands finishing off a ten cycle ten card cycle. Uh, I think a lot of people right now are saying the lands from Battle for Zendikar. I will refuse to call them Tango Lands because that is a horrible name and you should be ashamed of yourselves. The Battle Lands. <laughs> the Battle Lands, that's right. So my mind, it's either going to be the SOI Lands or it's going to be the, the Battle for Zendikar Lands. I don't think the they're going to be the SOI Lands are actually really interesting too. Because of Triumphs. I think it's the Battle Lands because it punishes uh, all pathway mana bases. Sure. And all pathway mana bases are really big right now. Um, do we want to just skip over the, like, rules text snippets? No, actually. Okay, all right. Search your library and graveyard for up to four creature cards with different names. Are you ready? Sure. Bodies Unbroken. Oh, okay. Bodies Unbroken. I sat there forever trying to think of what what this name would be. I'm gambling everything on Bodies Unbroken. Is okay. Pie bet? Yeah, I will pie bet on Bodies Unbroken. This isn't oh, hold on, hold on, much. hold on. I want to, I want to uh, bet that the second word of this card's name is unbroken. Deal. Yeah, it's okay. got unbroken in there. There you go. I think bodies unbroken is my favorite that I've come up with. All right, so it's the second have, word have, is broke is unbroken. Right. It's the black gifts ungiven. Right. All so right. We've had, sure. we've had gifts ungiven and we've had realms uncharted. This is going to be bodies unbroken. All right, I'm in on this one. This is some good game here. Mark that down, everyone. Pie bet. Uh, we got to start getting some new ones in here. Uh, let's see. Next one. Whenever a permanent entering the battlefield causes an ability to trigger. So is this going to be just another Panharmonicon? Uh, no, it's just whenever a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability to trigger. So it just, it's something that triggers off of triggers. That could be anything. Yeah. Okay. Or it's a, it's a null rod. Hmm. Untap each creature you control, then tap any number of creatures you control. Is this some weird convoke effect? I think it's going to be a green fight card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my bet. Not a pie bet. That's my. That's if I had to gamble, I I think it would be a green fight card or something like that. All right, pay ten life. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Sure. Repeat this process six times, Professor Onyx. You already yep. saw that one. Unless right. again they swerve us with another one. Uh, pests, bats, insects, snakes, and spiders. I'm gonna guess probably like a Kahira type card. Isn't that on one of the time spiraled cards though? There's swarm yard that regenerates spiders, squirrels, insects, and rats. If that's the Time Sparrow card, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Each mode must target a different player. Fun. It's a commander card. Whenever an opponent activates an ability that isn't a mana ability. We love punishing. Where X is the number of cards in your library. Um, Just reprinting the mage, maybe, huh? It's not Something game like life. That. We've seen that, right? Yeah. I think... Are you ready for this? What's the, encha- what's the enchantment where you enchant your library? I think it's going to be a creature that's going to have an ability that pays X to win the game where X is the number of cards in your library. Ooh, oh, I like that. Jeez. He's just on top of it always. It's so good. It's so Golly, good. man. All right. Now we have uh, creature types, uh, creature turtle druid, creature bird warlock, creature frog wizard, creature spirit dwarf, creature troll druid, creature eye bat, legendary creature vampire warlock, Legendary creature Orc Shaman, Legendary creature Dryad Druid, Legendary Artifact creature Construct, 
which is your favorite out of this list? Um, the Vampire Warlock. I'm on Bird Warlock or Spirit Dwarf. Uh, the, the problem is, like, creature types literally don't tell us anything in a set that has a blue-green and a green-black faction. Very yep. true. They make up creature types. Yep. Uh-huh. That's tough. Hey, we've already gotten in that one joke set, the uh, the assembling contraptions thing, right? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, maybe that's going to be the uh, the artifact creature type thing. All oh, no, right. no, no more contraptions. Uh, last thing we had, well, we had three of the commanders from the five commander extra strict saving that are coming. So this isn't Pioneer relevant. Um, so uh, archaeologist, Lorehold, dwarf guy, super sweet. I always love the Lorehold with all their, like, they incorporate, like, the scrolls and books into their design. Um, the Is It Band Director, who Chris said was Prince after getting struck by lightning, mm-hmm. killing it. The Drip Don't Miss. And then we have Random Ugari Legendary. I love them. I love the art already. I'm going to tell you this set's going to be dope. Um, yeah. If the Time Spiral Sealed League goes well, I'm just going to roll it into a Strixhaven Sealed League reset and Deal. just start over again. I am so down for that. Because this set looks too dope to not play a lot of limited of. For sure, for sure, for sure. Alrighty then. Anything else? Any closing uh, closing Strixhaven thoughts? We are on the eve of Strixhaven. And of course, by the time you hear this episode, we'll already know more about Strixhaven. So uh, maybe our predictions are going to be proven true or false here. All Any, my predictions are right. All of them are right? Yeah, all my predictions are right. How many boxes of War of the Spark am I losing this time? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you bought a case. <laughs> it's going to depend how many boxes of War of the Spark are bet in my name. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> I hate that that has become a currency in our friend group on wagers. Is just Ruckman's <laughs> buying a box of War of the Spark. Hey, to be <laughs> fair, I don't think we've ever actually made you buy it. We just uh, we just That is correct. It. But mm-hmm. I think that's still worth more than cryptocurrency and NFTs. So yeah, that's I'm true. Gonna, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Alrighty then, Chris. I think you know what time it is. I think it's time for Dust Slap. Ah! All right, this week we have a deck list that I, I just had to pick out because, of course, Chris of course. and I were streaming on Friday, streaming some Is It Phoenix and uh, tool along and making and uh, having some fun with us is uh, Discord user and uh, stream watcher Minjisku, who we were talking the idea of playing some Grixis. So while we were spitting balling ideas back and forth, they made the dang thing. So mm-hmm. we have Blue Black Phoenix here. Uh, so we have uh, 21 Pathways. And we'll, we'll come back to the mana base here. So we have 4 Arclight Phoenix, 4 Egon, God of Death, 4 Merfolk, Secret Keeper, 3 Stitcher Supplier, 3 Thing in the Ice, Four Charter Course, two Claim to Fame, two Strategic Planning, two Treasure Cruise, three Heartless Act, four Opt, four Village Rights. Our sideboard is Fatal Push, Miscast, Prize the Amalgam. Oh, there's the love for you, Chris. Look at that. Siege Renos. Oh, I saw it. And I saw then it. And three Thought Seizes. Uh, of course, we have the four Blight Step Pathway, four Clearwater Pathway, four River Glide Pathway, three Swamp, three Water, four Water Green, and two Island. All right, Chris, what are you thinking here? Um, there's a couple things that I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on. I don't mind Egon just because the, uh, the backside I think is fine. And I like the ability to kind of just get us back in the game. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is a card that I'm happy to play at the backside. And if we're going to play this, then maybe we do want to, you know, take it easy on the treasure cruises, but treasure cruise is such a house. I'd rather play less Egon's like maybe two of those and up the, to the fourth uh, treasure cruise. And then we do probably want um, 
Eh, we're pretty we're pretty good on on mixed because I don't I don't mind village rights. Like this is one of those decks that I think is one of those that you're just gonna have to play and see because balancing the numbers is gonna be important. Because Merfolk Secret Keeper, this is one of those decks where it's a huge advantage to have this because the creature is something we can just sack off to a village rights should we not have our preferred combo of Stitcher Supplier. Right. Sure. Uh, but one thing, again, anybody who's played this deck might realize is that like when you play thing in the ice, it just frequently gets targeted because it's one of your only creatures that can get targeted by fatal push. So if you can leave a black open and instead of leaving, you know, casting an opt in response, sack it off and, you know, two or three for one, your opponent or whatever, right. They, you get your cards back essentially. Um, I think that's awesome. And then I like our little heartless act combo where we get to play some removal, but also combo with thing in the ice for just an instant flip. Uh, overall, I like what we did. You know, I just I, I mostly have good things to say about this deck, mm. and I think the things that I would want to change would be just make that switch on Treasure Cruise and Egon and give it some runs because the the number of village rights we can play is going to depend on how testing goes and what we can make as far as that's concerned. But it does feel like between you know, I, I think what brings this deck together again is the Sacred Creeper. I think that's what yeah. really helps our our spell count and our creature count to be able to get away with some village rights. And if it weren't for that card, I'd be a little more critical. But with that in here, I think we might be pretty close to what I'd want to at least give it a try. I think this is very close to that if I came up with the deck list, what I would have wanted to be trying. I think we still want like some number of is it charm in here because I'm worried we don't have enough ways just to get dead Phoenix out of our hand. Sure. We still have enough ways to discard. Yeah. That's something I didn't think about. That's something I didn't think about. Yeah, I think we definitely want some way to kind of discard, which makes sense. I also wouldn't mind if we're going to make some changes, throwing some of these prized amalgams into the main, you know, and and sure. going heavier into the discard. Like, I wouldn't mind um, getting rid of Citrus Supplier and just Village Rights altogether and instead playing prized amalgam and some way to discard cards. Because that's one thing I just overlooked in my, you know, I've been studying Spanish real hard over here. You know what I'm saying? Reading these X's. So uh, I did not realize that we didn't have a, as many ways to discard. We've got Charter Course. We've got four of those. I wouldn't mind two more, and then I could call it good. So like maybe we just cut strategic planning overall and play a couple Is It Charms, and then we're good to go. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've got a couple ways, um, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing one or two more. Sure. Ricky, what do you think? I think we cut the four Egon. Okay. I really like the Village Rights with the Stitcher Supplier and the Merfolk Secret Keeper. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to take our two our two of our Egon cuts here. We're going to fill out our Stitchers and our Thing in the Ice. Okay. Um, with our two extra slots, we're going to play Collected Brutality. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And I think we want to maybe cut... I think the claim to fame is a little too cute. Okay. And play two more Treasure Crews off the claim to fame. I'm down with that. I'm down cutting that to. I, I definitely think we need to be in the four treasure cruise territory. Right. You know? I think so that we way have we're to playing. Be there. We're playing four thing in the ice and four citrus supplier, so we can get our engine going much faster. Mm-hmm. And then we get to play. Uh, we get to play the treasure cruise, and we get to play collective brutality, so we can discard our phoenix. I like. Is it charm more? But if our mana base this stretches our mana a little less. Yeah. Collect Brutality is a house. I will say that I've been enjoying Collect Brutality a lot lately when I've been uh, playing some Pioneers. So that's fair. I was high on that card in the beginning. I also do love Is a Charm a lot in the format. So uh, I think it's something that I have to mess around with. Also, another thought: um, if we do want to keep an Egon style creature, we could play like Rotting Registrar. That's another discard outlet to get rid of our um, our Phoenixes. I don't mind that. That's a lot of value. Again, it's I don't know. It's the most on theme thing, but I think it's sure. totally fine. You know. Yeah. You are in love with Rotting Registrar. I do love Rotting Registrar, that's right. 
But I, all, all in all, I think this is a dope deck. Yeah. And I, I really think Pathways really enable this deck. They really do. Like, I think this is a deck that pre-Pathways, you really <sighs> couldn't play. Because, like, if you really need to flip one of those Pathways to red, right, to get off something, great. But if you don't, you know, especially if we cut the claim to fame and we're just not casting, you know, we don't need to cast we're this fame part of things. We up that Treasure Cruise, make some of those changes. I'm excited for this. I love it. Yep. All right. Are we, uh, are we ready for final slap ratings? Yes. Um, sure. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give this uh, the usual... Four out of five Siege Rhino Power and Toughness. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, I'm going to give this an easy seven out of eight Awoken Horror Power Toughness. Wow. That wasn't what I was going to go with. I was going to go with uh, a seven out of eight, which is seven is the reducible cost of our Treasure Cruises eight mana. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sure, sure. We can both give it seven out of eight. I'll give it a 7 out of 8 with uh, Treasure Cruise uh, being my inspiration and not Awoken Horror. Yeah, fair enough. Good T- good one, though. Today yeah. was an Awoken Horror for me, so I feel like it's a, it's on theme <laughs> for today. So seeing this deck list made it a little better. All righty, Minjusku. Thank you for the deck list. And, yeah, thanks you know, for watching also, the streams hanging out with us. That yeah, was awesome. definitely. For sure, for sure, for sure. All right, gentlemen, uh, we will talk to you all next week when we have more Strixhaven to talk about. God, it feels like there's so much product, but I guess it has been like three months, three, four months already. So I love it. I'm excited for yeah, it. Yep, 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 yep. So hopefully by next week, we finally have some idea of when we'll be getting Deckless back. Although I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, I think if Magic keeps dying, that's going to be the reason why. Uh, <laughs> that might be just, the segment might just be Magic still dying because we don't have Decklists. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> anyway, thank you all at home for listening. Besides, of course, these guys joining in. Reminder, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Those three different tiers available. And, of course, the affiliate link for Inked Gaming below. Uh, anything else? Let me think, let me think, let me think. Anything coming up? Uh, oh, like I said, the, what is it, the third for the next webcam event, which is Saturday before Easter. So I, I'm hoping we still have enough people to play in that one. I think we should be good, but we need to push back. Oh, we can't push back. My parents are moving. So we can't push back. And then, of course, um, we believe the 14th should be a very special stream day. I don't know if I'm allowed to really say what it is or not. I think it should be – you should be able to infer what is going to happen that day. Uh, but it's going to be a fun day where we probably all three get together for that again. Hopefully all three of us can get together for that. Um, so, Yeah. You can find me over on Twitter at Crew3Podcast during our official channel, which is also kind of like my uh, my my Twitter as well. And uh, I post weekly deck texts on YouTube at Crew3MTG on YouTube. I stream three nights a week at Crew3MTG on Twitch. Uh, right now, the stream schedule is going to be Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Central and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Central just to give me a little extra weekend time. And if they keep doing well, I think we'll we'll probably just keep that time slot going forward. Gentlemen, where can they find you at? You can find me on Twitter at uh, it's underscore Christmas. And you can find Ricky at? At also Steve. And also, Ricky, do you want to tell the people uh, where you stream Magic a couple, a couple afternoons a week? Uh, I stream Magic from 10 a.m. to noon CST on Mondays and Thursdays on Door Monster TV, uh, twitch.tv slash TV. I also want to say that uh, the sketch you guys posted last week was great. I loved it. Thank you very much. I worked hard on it. Yep. Uh, also, uh, special episode next week. Uh, if you're looking at the episode number, you already know what's up. It's time for an episode of Crew 3 Nights. Mm. Crew 3 Nights. 
There we go. All right. I hope we don't get DMCA for that. But I'm going to jam that saxophone sound for a lot of the episode because how can we not have episode 69? I was going to say just one before 70, just in case. Pause for saxophone. All right. Children listen to this podcast, Brooklyn. <laughs> I hope we're paying the saxophone man. What'd you say? I hope we pay the saxophone man. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I, I saw him busking on the street, and I had them uh, record it for me personally. Nice. I love yeah. buskers. <laughs> all right, we will talk to you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.